0: What's up everybody and welcome into Flippin' Bats. Game four of the World Series is wrapped up and the Houston Astros have thrown the second no-hitter in the history of the World Series. This is remarkable, a historic night here in Philadelphia where we are now and Alex and I are gonna break it all down on this episode of Flippin' Bats presented by Perry Ellis Fragrances. What a night here in Philly.
1: I mean, we saw history last night with the home runs. I don't think anybody expected us to see this kind of history tonight with the Astros no-hitting the Phillies, especially with how hot their bats have been this entire series. This was also the quietest I've ever seen this stadium, (laughs) but you got to hand it to the Houston Astros. We'll get into the history of the no-hitters in the World Series, but we got to dive right into the guy who started it all, Javier, an unbelievable, believable performance also making history but this is your fourth guy coming out and pitching like an ace
0: well Christian Javier has been dominant since the all-star break and he's not a, a popular name I wouldn't say amongst the baseball fan masses because of what you said Alex he's the number four starter yeah in fact he wasn't even a starter for a lot of the season this year he was a pit guy coming in in long relief because that's how deep this Astros pitching staff from top to bottom truly is but you get your number 4 starter in the World Series throwing a no-hitter, 6 innings for him, which is a historic start because nobody in the World Series has gone f- even 5 innings. Nobody's yeah. gone 5 innings with 9 strikeouts and zero hits. He did it with 6 innings, so he topped that. Just a dominant start from a guy that I felt had been underappreciated just cuz not many people talk about him, but he throws balls which I talked to John Smoltz. We'll hear from him in a little while. But he's so dominant because of how nasty he is. And he his fastball is so hard to pick up. His slider was disgusting. We saw it here tonight. And as you mentioned, this Philly lineup that was hot. Yeah. Ended up not getting a single hit. This is one of the greatest starts in World Series history for Christian Javier.
1: I would say it is the greatest because he is the first pitcher in World Series history with 9 strikeouts, no hits in 5 innings and he ended up going 6 innings. That's crazy to wrap your head around.
0: It really is, and I was sitting there in the stands just thinking like is it like is this really happening and then it does happen and we're walking out on the field as we usually do and the crowd is so quiet. You you almost like I they, think there was just a no-hitter thrown in the World Series and yeah. Uh, I caught up with Ryan Presley as well. We'll talk to him later, but he was on cloud nine. I mean, this was a, a historic night, as we know. But Christian Javier, who has con- continued to be underappreciated, and he did it in the ALCS. He did it against the New York Yankees he did. in New York. He did. I mean, this is getting to the point where Christian Javier is the guy you want on the mound if you're the Houston yeah. Astros. How can you say no to that? He did it in New York. He did it here in Philly against a lineup that was absolutely on fire, and he got this World Series back under control for the Houston Astros.
1: Yeah, because of this outing, we are now going back to Houston. Yeah, and, and you got to be feeling pretty good about that. Now you mentioned you talked to Smoltz. What did he have to say about Javier?
0: Yeah, so talk to John Smoltz before the game, as I am doing every single day, and. I brought up Christian Javier and, and what we could expect from him, and I asked John Smoltz, what is it? This is, this is an invisible, if you will, which yeah. I've seen many of them, but I figured John Smoltz could explain a little bit better what it is that makes Javier so dominant because he's throwing 92, 93, topping out at 95, but it's done a little differently, and I caught up with John Smoltz, and we talked all about that. On the other side of things, Christian Javier, who I think might be one of the more underrated pitches in baseball, since the beginning of September, his numbers are otherworldly. He's been dominant. Uh, one word when people, I, I guess it might be two words, but when you mention Christian Javier, people say he throws like an invisible fastball. What does that mean? Yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> we, we hear that a lot, and it's the way that the ball comes out of his hand, they don't see it. You know, I talk about late life and then that invisible. Well, late life is when you're when I'm playing catch with somebody and I go to catch it and the ball actually gets to me before I catch it. That's late life. Yeah. The ball has hop. The invisible has to do with spin, release point. You just don't pick it up. It's in the zone. You think you're going to hit it, and they don't. That's a gift. And you don't try to figure those gifts out. <laughs> you just pitch with that. But he, he, he is very good with two pitches. And I think the confidence that he has, that the Astros have, Look, they know, we talked about it before, deeper series favors Houston. The difference is they got to get to a deeper series now,
1: having been down two games to one.
0: How cool is it that I brought it up to Smoltz about him throwing an invisible fastball, and he he just says it's a gift, and you don't try and figure it out, you just pitch with it, and then a couple of hours later, he pitched with it in the World Series and was a part of the second no-hitter in World Series history. Really cool, I thought.
1: He also talked about his confidence, you know, and you you got to imagine that after a performance like this, Javier is on cloud nine with confidence through the roof, which is exactly what you need for a pitcher. Now, you mentioned this is the second no-hitter in World Series history. The last one, 1956 by Don Larson. Oh. That's a really long time ago. That's account. a long
0: time ago. A long time ago. I only barely remember that one. <laughs> uh, I tweeted this right after Javier was done, so after the sixth inning. What an outing. Christian Javier just announced his dominance to the world. He's done after six of the most dominant innings you'll see. And, man, man, does that hold true. And now even more so because it's officially part of history.
1: It's so crazy. I mean, there have only been 19 combined no-hitters in MLB history. Uh, There's a lot of – between these two teams, there's a lot of stats around no-hitters because this is the second time this season the Phillies have been no-hit. But the Astros also are the team – with the most no-hitters,
0: yeah, the Astros have now thrown four combined no-hitters. One was earlier this year yeah. in Yankee Stadium, which Christian Javier was also the starter for that game. That's so crazy. So it's getting in historic territory. You mentioned the Phillies and obviously they're the team that got no hit tonight yeah no team in MLB history has been no hit more than the Philadelphia Phillies so history has been made here tonight we talked a lot about on the Astros side yeah we'll keep it to a minimal on the Phillies side but yeah they've been no hit more than any other team and it's a little surprising this year that it's happened twice when you look at how good this lineup is I mean we've been watching it now since the start of the NLCS this is a very good lineup so Uh, This just speaks volumes to the depth of the Houston Astros, which was a huge key for me coming into these playoffs, was the depth that they have over the Phillies, specifically in the rotation, being able to not have to bump up a guy like Justin. Yeah. Be able to use Christian Javier in that four spot in the rotation so you're not having to shuffle all all around, which turned out to be huge because we saw Nola tonight, and we'll talk about him in a little while. He was great, and then it almost looked like he ran out of gas. Maybe yeah. another, another day. Who knows? But the the depth of the rotation and the bullpen showed itself tonight, and, man, it was, it was really cool to just be here and be a part of it.
1: And not only did you talk about the strength of the Astros starting rotation, but we've talked a lot about the strength of their bullpen, and it was a four-man job tonight to get this combined no-hitter, which, again, it's hard to do. There's only been 19 in the history of the game, and you got to give it up to the Astros' bullpen tonight.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and that's one thing. You, you hear combined no-hitter. There have obviously been way less in Major League history than individual no-hitters. Yeah. But I, I don't want this to take away. I don't want a combined no-hitter to take away anything. It is certainly different, Yes. right? And if you're the starting pitcher, obviously a nine-inning no-hitter m- means a little Crazy. different. Yeah. But a combined no-hitter is important and, and very impressive in its own right because – You have to have everybody on their A game at the same time. It's not just one guy that's locked in and next thing you know, he's through nine no-hit innings and he's throwing a no-hitter. No, you've got to have every single guy that comes in tonight, four of them on their A game. And we saw that tonight tonight. From Christian Javier, to Abreu, to Montero, to Ryan Presley, who came in and finished it all off. And it was really cool because I caught up with Ryan Presley immediately following the game and was able to talk to him about finishing off the history. Uh, Here with Ryan Presley, you just closed out the second no-hitter in World Series history. What are the emotions coming in the game first?
2: Well, honestly, I just wanted to put up a zero, Um, you know, that's really all I was thinking about. I wasn't really thinking about the no-hitter. Um, it's cool to have it and have a little cherry on top, but you know, I couldn't have done it without my teammates, man. And and Javi going out there and and doing his thing and, and Montero and Abreu, I mean, and all the guys behind us, you know, we're able to go do what we need to go do when they're out there.
0: You finally do get that last out and history is made. Might not know it in the moment, but you're going to remember this one forever, huh?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, you threw, we threw a no hitter in the world series. (laughs) That's so sick. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's awesome.
0: Congrats, man. Thanks brother. I appreciate it. How cool to see the smile on his face it was just a part of a no-hitter in the World Series. And I think it all kind of hit him there in that moment yeah. because you're obviously all wrapped up in it. I was right over there next to him when he was taking the picture with with Javier, Montero, Abreu himself, and the catcher, uh, Vasquez. They were all taking the picture, caught up with him immediately after that, and asked him about a no-hitter. And his smile just said it all, I thought, which was so cool. I just threw... A no-hitter in the World Series. So, cool to hear from him there. The, the history here is, is something that I, I, I almost can't even fathom. This yeah. has happened so minimal. Um, the only other no-hitter in World Series history was Don Larson. Right? Don yeah, Larson, Larson in 1956.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah. God, that's unbelievable. And Jerry Kuzman in 1969, the last pitcher – to go six plus hitless innings in the World Series. Because we all remember Jerry Koosman. <laughs> of course we do. We're all around. Uh, I just love it. I love history. We see this picture on the screen now of the five of them standing there, the four and the catcher. What a night here. This was, this was cool. And to catch up with Presley was special. Uh,
1: s- witnessing no hitters, covering no hitters, being a part of it is something that you remember for the rest of your lives. Were you ever part of a no hitter?
0: Two different, two different answers here. That's okay. a great question. One, I threw one in high school.
1: Whoa. Kind of cool. Way to go, Ben. I
0: threw one. Um, so that was the one I was a part of. Uh, I played in one as well. We had a pitcher in, in the Tigers organization throw one. Okay. That was combined as well. And then this year in Anaheim, I saw Reed Detmers throw a complete game no-hitter, and it was my first big league no-hitter I had ever seen in person. Yeah. And now I've seen two in one year. And it's in the World Series. So cool. It's what about you?
1: It's pretty magical. Mine also came with the Angels. My first time covering and witnessing one was Jared Weaver in 2012. And then I was a part of covering the 2019 combined no-hitter for the Angels, the game that they were honoring Tyler Skaggs, and all those crazy oh, wow. stats in the history that came out. Everyone was in tears. Like it, it's something that you remember for the rest of your life. I, I, I got to say it's a little different when it's the home team. That you're covering and the atmosphere this is my first time seeing and covering one as the visiting team does it and you just see the fans in complete <laughs> shock i mean this was the quietest i've ever seen this stadium throughout this playoff experience but again congratulations to the astros that yeah. was unbelievable
0: unbelievable so just to clarify you weren't at my high school no-hitter against nope, the definitely Amelia wasn't Green there stockings. you weren't there <laughs> okay i thought maybe that would have been your first one you experienced but Uh, I guess not.
1: Okay, before we move off the no-hitter conversation, because this is something – it's a huge superstition. Do you – are you on the side of you can talk about the no-hitter while it's (laughs) happening?
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) What do you mean? you kidding me? Do you know me? No, you can't talk about it. You can't mention it. You can't even breathe about it. Don't even think about it. All right. And there are a couple of rules here. I'm glad you brought this up, because in the stands tonight, all the Phillies fans were saying, no hitter, no hitter, no hitter. Yeah. And then they'd laugh, like, oh, I'm just trying to jinx it. No, no, no. Also part of the rule, if you're a fan of the team that is getting no hit, you can't jinx it by trying to jinx it intentionally. That's also part of this.
1: See, every time a no-hitter is going on, what, the first thing that pops in my mind is Doc Ellis. Are you familiar with the story who uh, threw a no-hitter when he was on acid, and he told this whole story, and there was a video of it on, on YouTube. And he's explaining it, talking back about it, and he said there was this rookie on his team, just every inning would go, you got a no-no, you got a no-no, and whispered it in his ear. So every time a no-hitter's coming and happening during a game, I just in my head and out loud go, you got a no-no going. You got to know no
0: You're right. So, the only time the jinx doesn't work is when somebody's on acid. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to the Astros' bats because they were hitting the ball well tonight, but really nothing to show for it until that fifth inning.
0: Uh, Yeah. Nothing to show for it on the scoreboard except at one point I looked up and the Astros had seven hits and yep. not a single run scored. Yep. Um, so, it was interesting tonight. Every single player on the team, eight of the nine, uh, Ledmus Diaz is the only one that didn't, had a hit tonight, which contrasts that to last game when they hardly had any hits and they didn't score any runs. This was quite the different ball game tonight for the Astros, and there was an approach about it that you could see. They weren't getting too big with their swings. They were staying contained. They were working pitchers. They were taking their singles. They were taking their doubles. Obviously, most of these were singles. They loaded the bases that one inning on multiple singles. Yep. But the big blow came on that Alex Bregman double. So you can't point to just one player tonight and say, man, how huge was he? If there was one, maybe it's Bregman. But it was really everybody in this Houston Astros lineup after a game where they weren't very good. Yeah. They all looked in the mirror, stepped up, and came out to play tonight. And I think that speaks volumes about their experience in the World Series. And I keep going back to that because I think it's monumental here. I think the experience that they've had over the last six years playing in these high elevation games and these huge, momentous games is the reason that they're able to bounce back like that. Because how easy is it to get shut out in a World Series? You go down two to one, you have two more games on the road. There's a chance you don't go back home and the series is done and you just lay an egg. This team didn't do that tonight. They really showed me something, and it was really everybody in the lineup.
1: It really They got production from the entire lineup, and this is the, the third time they've been down 2-1 in a World Series. So, as you mentioned, when you have the experience, you've been here before, you don't panic. I think we both – we talked about it in the pregame show. We both kind of knew they were going to have a bounce-back game in some way, shape, or form with the bats. The no-hitter was the – absolutely crazy complete surprise making history
0: (laughs) we didn't predict that one we
1: did not predict that one but uh, you had a chance to to talk to Pena another big bat
0: well this was interesting because I was so impressed with their approach tonight and it was just way different than I had seen from them in in the past few games which seemed to be the team that was hitting the long ball more was winning the game and tonight Nobody was hitting the long ball, but the Astros were getting so many singles and working the count. So when I caught up with Jeremy Pena, we talked obviously about the no-hitter, but also the team's approach at the plate. Let's check out Jeremy Pena now. Here with Jeremy Pena after a historic win. That was sick. Uh, First off, congrats on the win. Tonight, after not scoring any runs last night, does the approach change at all today? Man, that just says a
2: lot about our team. You know, last night was tough for us, and we just bounce back today you know and uh, it was special
0: these guys dominated on the mound like they've done all year and uh, it was fun to watch. Was there any change of approach for the team any conversation because there were no homers it was just singles doubles them to death to get the job done like you guys did tonight.
2: I think that's when we're our best you know when we just pass the baton to the next guy you know try to put together good at bats and just hand it out to the next guy and that's what we did tonight.
0: How important was it for you guys down 2-1 in this hostile environment to get that first win here in Philly and tie up the series?
2: I mean, it's huge. It's huge for us, and uh, we know there's still a lot of work to be done, but we're going to show up tomorrow and be ready to go.
0: No hitter? That was sick. How cool is it to be a part of that?
2: I mean, that's awesome, you know, and both times that we've done it this year, Javier was on the mound, and, you know, that guy just disgusting.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. What, he throws invisible balls? Have you ever faced him? I've never
2: faced him, but from shortstop, that's what it looks like.
0: Uh, series is officially going to go back to Houston. How pumped are you?
2: I mean, we're, we're at our best when we have our fans, you know, their support. They've supported us all year. And,
0: uh, yeah, we're going to try to finish it up. Congrats, man. Thank you. I can't get over Pena's composure. He's a rookie yeah. in the World Series. And just watching him play, watching him, hearing him talk about the game, hearing him give credit to Javier and then – in the moment, no. The other one we did was with Javier on the mound as well. Just mm-hmm. just a, a stud that has all the composure in the world. He was built for this moment.
1: He was, who also got his gold glove yesterday. So he's had quite a World Series. But now we got to talk about the Phillies and the man who was on the mound to start the game, Aaron Nola, who failed to deliver again. However, he wasn't pitching that bad, but once again did not make it out of the fifth inning. They pulled him with no outs, bases loaded. Was this the right call?
0: You know, first off, I, I think Aaron Nola threw the ball well tonight. Yeah. I, I think he threw really well. And, and you look up at one point and he got himself into trouble um, in that fifth inning when they scored all the runs, the bases get loaded, they pull him out. Um, you know, I, I do believe that it was the right call, um, but I don't think that takes away from what Nola did tonight. This is a World Series game. If, if the Phillies had any runs on the board, we're, we're giving him a standing ovation Walking off the field, but the game was just different because he walked. He came out with the bases loaded, but I was super impressed. He had guys off balance. He was looking really good. He was throwing hard in the regular season. Aaron Nola had 35 pitches of 95 plus miles an hour in the regular season. He's done it 16 times already in the postseason. Six more tonight. I mean, it's really impressive what Aaron Nola is doing. So. Yeah, I think when you look at the box score and you you open up the newspaper in the morning, if anybody reads those anymore, you open it up and you see Aaron Nola, uh, not a great start, ended up giving up a few runs, three earned, not great. I actually would disagree with that. I was really impressed with what he did, and then he came out of the game and all of his runs got cashed in.
1: See, I think you got to give a guy a starter – especially someone who came in as your number one. This is his second time facing the Astros this series. you got to give him a chance to get out of trouble. There were no outs. There were no runs. He loaded the bases. you got to give him a shot to try to get out of it.
0: The thing I would say there, Alex, is that throwing 70 pitches or whatever he had in the World Series is like throwing 120 pitches in the regular season. So every single pitch you're throwing – is so high octane so high pressure so on your arm and i've heard this from from justin many times is that's why you don't see guys going super deep very often in a postseason game because you're just drained every single pitch you're throwing means something and you're you're putting your effort into every single pitch so it is difficult so he gets to 70 pitches and i actually thought in the moment rob thompson made the right call you know your guy clearly Clearly wasn't looking great that inning. He was looking a little bit off. Go out and get your guy, bring in your reliever that you bring in many times in high leverage situations. And unfortunately, it didn't pay off. But one thing I do want to bring up is I've talked about the experience of the Astros a lot and how they've been here so many times. One thing I've started to notice here, and I talked about it a little bit with Zach Wheeler recently. And how I think he might start his arm might be dragging a little bit these days, and that's why he's still pitching in in Game Six. That's why he pitched in Game Two. These Phillies pitchers, they haven't ever pitched this deep into a season, never. And the Astros have. And let's look at the last few outings. Zach Wheeler in his last outing, the last inning, he was throwing ninety-three miles an hour. That stat I told you about, Aaron Nola hitting ninety-five six plus times tonight. Not a single one of them came in the third inning and beyond. So I think these two studs of the philadelphia phillies are maybe a, just a little like i've never pitched this late into a season in my entire life this is the most i have ever pitched in my lifetime whereas these astros pitchers they were here last year Framber valdez was pitched in the world series last year justin's done it multiple times lance mccullers has done it multiple times that experience in the playoffs pays off in so many ways and i'm starting to think this this Pitching rotation for the Phillies is feeling it a little bit, and you start seeing it when they get deeper and deeper into starts, which is telltale sign number one.
1: Which is really interesting and in leading us to our next point of Alvarado's struggles. Coming in with bases loaded, no outs, and he hits Yordan. When you see something like that, your first pitch, you hit a batter, and you you bring in a run. Does that go to the lack of experience and the nerves of pitching in a World Series game?
0: Yeah, and I I think you always want to come in with a clean inning if you're a reliever, right? You never want to come in with, oh, man. I mean, you talk about it in the backyard, like, oh, man, the World Series bases are loaded. I'm coming in. You'd rather it not be the bases loaded part. And he comes in. He's a guy. Look, he has been dominant his last four outings in the playoffs. He hasn't given up a run. He has been dominant, but there are control issues with Alvarado, and I learned that firsthand back when I faced him in the minor leagues. I had to bunt off of the guy, and it was an absolute nightmare because he was throwing 100-mile-an-hour sinkers with no idea where it was going at the time. He's since figured that out. But he's one of their better relievers, which is why I totally agreed with the decision. Okay, yeah, Nola's been good, but I think you picked the right time. And maybe Rob Thompson notices what I was talking about a little bit with his two studs maybe not having it as much as they, they did during the regular season. You bring in Alvarado, and he just happened to have one of those nights where he didn't have his best stuff, and we've seen it before from him. Sometimes that command can waver a little bit, and uh, we saw it here tonight with the very first pitch he threw.
1: Yeah, that that also looked painful. Have you ever been hit by a 99-mile-per-hour fastball?
0: <laughs> I, this is quite the story. Yeah. I want time talent. in the minor leagues. Uh, go up to the plate, right? we have I had the bases loaded as well when this happened, but – I'm walking up to the plate. They bring in a new pitcher. I had faced this guy many times. They we are in the same division. He comes in. I see the bullpen gates open, and I'm like, of course, of course this guy's coming in. He's yeah. like, he's a guy that throws from like a three-quarters arm slot. He throws 101 miles an hour. He comes into the game. I get up there to the first pitch, take it on the outside corner. I look up, and it's 100, and I'm like, okay, great. Next pitch, I get, I, I know it's an no 0-1 pitch. I, I had a feeling I knew he was coming back with a fastball inside. He did. It was very inside. It hit me in the ribs. I look over the scoreboard. It's 101. I got hit in the ribs. But the best part of this, or worst part of this, is I I still have a torn left labrum from diving for a ball in the outfield and it would often pop out. So I went to get out of the way of this pitch by like, you know, trying to throw my body out of the way. I couldn't do that. I got hit in the ribs with 101 and my shoulder popped out all at the same time. So I'm going down to first base holding my shoulder while also getting hit in the ribs. And it was just one of the worst moments of my life.
1: Did you break a rib?
0: (laughs) No, I didn't break a rib, but back to your original question. Getting hit with 99 miles an hour, is not fun and you feel it for a long, long time. And uh, I almost broke a rib and tore my shoulder even more.
1: Oh, that sounds painful. But I, I think that moment of Jordan getting hit by a pitch and a runner coming in to score the first run for the Astros was the game changer in this stadium. And that's when the atmosphere changed. That's when everybody went quiet. It was just, it was weird.
0: It was weird. It was and weird. It, was, it made it even more weird. The Phillies' bullpen has been so dominant. Their bullpen had opened this World Series with the longest scoreless streak by any bullpen since the 1992 Blue Jays. Wow. But that was a rough inning for Jose Alvarado tonight. 12 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak comes to an end tonight in a big way.
1: And I'm going to be honest. I didn't think there were many Astro fans here during this stretch in Philadelphia. You heard every single one of them here tonight.
0: Yeah, true. There were there were plenty of Astros fans here, and I two big sections, one being the family section over here, yeah. but what a huge one out in the left field. There were a lot of there were a lot of Astros fans. One one more point I want to make about yeah. Alvarado is I thought he made that one bad pitch. I thought that pitch to Jordan obviously yeah. was just a nightmare of a of a outcome if you're him coming in the game. Mm-hmm. I thought Alex Bregman had the bat of the night. Alvarado was disgusting, throwing 100, sinking out of the zone, nasty sliders down. I give credit to Alex Bregman for that inning. I thought that hit down the right field line, scoring all the runs is what changed this game, what opened it up, and what he, he called ball game. So I give a lot of credit to him there. Alvarado's disgusting. Obviously not the outcome he was hoping for, but I still thought he made some good pitches and the Astros just did some damage to him.
1: Yeah, that, that fifth inning was the turning point in this game. Obviously with the cherry on top, the no-hitter completing combined in the ninth. But it's time to look ahead to game five because we got your brother on the mound making his second outing of the World Series but also looking for his first World Series win. How does he approach this game differently than game one?
0: This is what you live for, you know. This is what you dream of. You have a series tied 2-2. to You're in the World Series. You can pitch your team to a commanding lead in the World Series, going home for the last two. Um, Look, I've been around him every single day since his last outing, and obviously it wasn't easy the night everything, uh, the night of game one. But that next day, he bounces right back. Mm -hmm. He's in the clubhouse preparing for this start you know you're getting a game five start as long as there's not a sweep, which I don't think anybody thought there was going to be a sweep on no. any direction here. You know you're going to get another start and he's been ready and he's been prepared and he's, he's eating up the opportunity to have this moment. But you're, you're right. Uh, he doesn't have a World Series win and I think that adds to his fire. If you know Justin, you'll know the fire that he has is, is unmatched. So he knows the narrative. He knows, he knows the record. He knows what's going on. He doesn't care about that. Yeah. He just wants to win, and he's been the best pitcher in baseball all year long with a sub-1.8 ERA. Uh, he's hopefully going to win the Cy Young Award, and now he can pitch his team to a 3-2 lead. And I will add, he needs to do that. Yeah. This game for the Astros is a must-win. You have a bullpen game on the other side for the Phillies, Noah Sindergaard on the mound for mm-hmm. two, three innings, you hope. Followed by this bullpen that was pretty taxed here tonight. Uh, They didn't have to use a lot of their studs, but they use Alvarado. You're going to have to go to your bullpen early tomorrow. And the Houston Astros have their number one stud on the mound that had the best year in baseball. You have to win that game tomorrow if you're the Astros. And I know Justin's going to come out fired up.
1: Yeah, this is a big defining game, I think, for both sides. Because Game 5 winners have gone on to win the World Series almost 71% of the time which is a big deal and then whoever wins is is going into Houston with the lead.
0: And I think, you know, w- the team that takes a 2-1 lead in the World Series has a 69% chance of winning the World Series. Yeah. So the team that takes a 3-2 lead, you have to be you have to believe it's 85% chance to win it all. So yeah. y- the the percentage you said just goes for any game 5, right? Not a 3-2 lead. That's yep. you could be down to, you know, you could be down 3-1 to one and win game five, and it mm-hmm. still plays into that statistic. So a team taking a 3-2 lead, going home for the last two. I mean, the last time I can remember that not working out was the Houston Astros in 2019 against yep. the Washington Nationals. That didn't work out very well. But that is still the outcome you very much so want. And Justin has the opportunity to do that tomorrow. And I would say it is a game that the Astros have to win. This is the game, if you could draw it up perfectly on paper, it's having your number one and a bullpen start on the other side. There are no excuses. You have to win the game tomorrow.
1: So this is lining up with that prediction for your World Series.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore dealmaking across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, my, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech.
1: It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called the, the, Deal. Deal. the Deal.
0: Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Prediction. Astros in six. That's what you that was my I prediction. And I said Phillies
1: in seven. So. But both of us still have good a work. very good chance Both could work. I mean, work.
0: Honestly. Good work from both of us. Yep. We knew it'd go back to Houston. Yep. We were right there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I am uh, I am anxiously excited for tomorrow night.
1: That's a nice way to put it, instead of all the nerves. Thank you. Yep. I, I'm excited to see you get all, all shook up again for your brother on the oh mound. Boy.
0: I will be, and I will also be showing you all my nerves tomorrow because Alex and I will be back with a pregame show back at Xfinity Live, the which we saw this morning. So if you didn't watch, not this morning. I, time is just a circle. <laughs> uh, it was not this morning. It was right before the game. And uh, if you are not watching our pregame shows, just tune in. It's over at Xfinity Live, and it is madness Wild. over there. And we will also be back postgame, immediately following the game. And uh, we will bring it to you all, everything you need to know. Game five is tomorrow, 7 o'clock Eastern. The coverage starts. 8:03, 1st pitch, Justin Verlander, Noah Syndergaard on the mound. We're in for a doozy again tomorrow. Uh, I'm pumped up, and uh, this has been quite the night.
1: This World Series has lived up to all of the hype. We have seen it all. We've seen a, a home run party. We saw a no-hitter tonight. What are we going to see tomorrow? I,
0: I do not know, but sometimes I just like to step back, take a moment to realize, hey, we're doing a show on the field after a no-hitter was thrown in the World Series, and we immediately get to go live and share it with all of our friends. And I think that's pretty cool.
1: It's pretty radical.
0: (laughs) Great word. Thanks. Uh, So let's do it again tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. I hope you all are enjoying everything Alex and I are bringing. We're doing our best to bring you everything we are experiencing along the way that's our goal here and i hope you all are loving it make sure you tune in tomorrow pregame and post-game show make sure you listen to and subscribe to flippin bats wherever you listen to podcasts and follow along on all social media twitter instagram facebook tiktok and you can watch every single episode on youtube as well at flippin bats pod for all of them but game four was a historic one the astros throw a no hitter and this does it for today's episode of flip Bats presented by Perry Ellis Fra- Fragrances. Until tomorrow,
1: peace. See ya.